Man, it is so good to be with you today. My name is Kurt. I like to hang out here. If we have not had a chance to meet, I want you to know how thrilled I am that you are here. Think about what an accomplishment it is. Like, I just think it's really significant that people are gathering here and online and pursuing a journey of faith. And so I just want to just start by just blessing you this morning and just saying, like, I do not take it lightly. Our staff and our team and our volunteers, we have been praying that you would gather and connect with the living God. And you and your presence is part of, like, an answer to prayer. It's an answer to prayer. Like, over 22 years ago, when this church was started in this city, it was out of a heart of hope for you. That you would know the love of God, that you would know that there is a God that's pursuing you and interested in your life. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. And as we're going to journey together through the month of February, we are going to be looking at this invitation to a life on mission with Jesus. And the thing that's interesting is you being here is a big deal, and you might be going, well, I don't know. I mean, it's okay. I like it. It's good. But the thing that I hope you will see that is in the life of Jesus, your life is not just about you, but you are being invited to know the love of God for your life because God wants to work in you and through you for the sake of people that you have relationship with that God also loves. That God also loves. So for four weeks, we as a community in this room, in this space, Our students gathered with student ministry in their space, and our kids gathered in kids' ministry in their space. Our entire church community together are going to spend this month looking at how we can be trained to pray more consistently and more confidently for the people around us. And what I'm present to, and some of our leaders are present to, that this morning already we are very just humbled, and we believe God's presence is here. And maybe in worship you just kind of felt like peace. We believe that's an expression of God's presence meeting us, and we think God wants to do something pretty significant. And so I just want you to open up your hearts and your minds, open your life to God meeting you today, speaking to us in the scriptures. Because what I know is that this is a journey. This is actually a journey that we are on together. And I'm going to just share a little bit of my own story. And so if we have not had the chance to meet, uh, I serve as lead pastor here at the Vineyard. And I, this month, will hit two years as serving as lead pastor. Let's go. Which will bring me to about 14 years on staff here. And I have been on a journey as well. And some of you are doing the math. You're like, wait a second. If you became lead pastor two years ago, then all your pastoral experience is in a pandemic. And I would go, yeah. I have as much lead pastoring experience in a pandemic as every lead pastor on the planet. So you might think, oh, you're only two years in. It's like I'm very seasoned now. Veteran status. But what's so interesting is that God wants to meet you on your journey the same way God's meeting me. And two years ago, when I said yes to the call of God for my life, I believe God is always inviting you to a similar yes for the call God has on your life. 
And the work of Jesus is you would discover the most important thing is you are loved by God. It's your identity with him that you can walk out and that that will play out in all the arenas and all the spaces that you are living your day-to-day life. See, being called to be a pastor is not some, you know, unique, special calling that's better than all of y'all's callings. Remember, I've been pastoring in a pandemic for two years. You might go, it's actually, I don't want that calling. (laughs) The call of God on your life matters. And what I realized is when I said yes to this thing, I had vision for our church. And I began to walk with some other leaders. I had a mentor, I had a coach, I had a spiritual director, I had people speaking in my life. And about six months in, they said, hey, you need a 10-year vision for your church. And I go, that sounds right. Let's get some vision for church. Y'all want some vision for church this morning? Because it's coming. I've got pictures and everything. But let me tell you the heart behind the pictures you're going to see. What's getting clear for me is I have a big dream. And it's not my dream, but it's a kingdom dream. What if our church family became our city's prayer ministry team? Every week we gather, we give you a chance to come receive prayer because we have a prayer ministry team. We have people who've been trained to pray and they will stand and they will honor you and they will value you, they will bless you and they will say, God, would you come and show your mighty power to them here and now because you love them. And what's great about our prayer ministry team here is that if you can make it into this building, you can respond and you too can be prayed for. I will go on record that there are days I get done preaching and I walk off the stage and I walk right up to our prayer ministry team and I say, will you pray for me because I need it just as much. But then it dawned on me. If you didn't know, our church is not 130,000 people. We do not gather as a half a million people in the geography with which we reach, which means there are people in our city who cannot get prayed for by our prayer ministry teams on Sunday morning. But what if our church, when we disperse from this place and we go about our week, we start to look and go, how can I love that person that God loves? What if we were sending our community out into the city ready to pray for anybody who needs it? And our city begins to receive deeply the love of God in tangible ways. What if we could be our city's prayer ministry team? You know, what's interesting is my journey took me from a vision for a church to a vision for a city. You know, when I, when I said yes to this role and I said yes to leading our church forward, I just tell, I'll just be really honest. I had vision for like this church and God, would you let us be all that we're supposed to be? Could we maybe get into two services? Could we just reach all the people we're supposed to reach? And I thought I had good vision for you guys and for us and for what God was doing. And it was just puny. Look at this picture. This first picture. This is what my vision looked like. Because if you Google the Vineyard Church Pearland, you get a pin on a map. And I was praying with God in October of 2020. And I was spending time asking, remember that 10-year vision? And I just, put a, I just put a pin, I was like, God, what, what do you want to do with our church? Like, we're like 200 people, you know, gathered regularly. And then I realized our city is 130,000 people. So maybe if we grew to 13,000 people, we could reach 10% of our city. Some of you are going, I don't want to go to church with 13,000 people. That would be a problem. 
But then I started realizing, like, we draw from people from, like, outside of Pearland. We draw from Friendswood and from Houston and Mamble and Alvin. I'm going to get myself in trouble because I'm going to start naming cities. We have more cities than I can name. And so then it's like maybe half a million people. So then we need to become a church of 50,000 people to reach 10% of our city. And then y'all are really going, I don't want to go to a church that's 50,000 people. I don't know that I want to pastor a church that's 50,000 people. And what I realized God was doing is going, Kurt, if your vision is for this thing, your vision is too small. And then this is the picture that I saw. We have a building, and for that I'm so grateful for, because it was the generosity of so many people that allow us to gather and to sit in comfortable seats and to have video cameras so you can be online with us today. But what our church is, is not a building, it is people who are scattered all over the city and the cities that God is doing good work in. And if we begin to realize that the call of God in our life is to take all the good things he's doing and just be ready to say, this is what God's doing, I think he'll do it for you too. The impact is not how many people we can gather for a service, how many kingdom seeds can we plant during the week? Because 200 people who touch one life five days a week is a thousand people impacted over the course of years 50,000 people impacted we can be a church having the impact of 50,000 people without having to put 50,000 people into a worship service because maybe the move of God is not always to how many people we can put in our service but the move of God is always towards people and when we, the church, begin to move with life on mission with Jesus, we then declare the hope of the good news that the good news is always moving towards you. It does not wait and sit back and go, well, when you come move towards me, then maybe I'll be open to you. God is a God of moving towards the people he loves, and he does it in tangible ways, in visible ways, in realistic ways, and he does it in reality. And that is the call for us, to be a community who will live on mission with Jesus. And so last week when our friend Ted Kim from the Evanston Vineyard outside of Chicago comes and he says this, that we should desire the gift of prophecy, and he reminds us that prophecy is learning to hear from God for one another, it's a perfect setup for a community who would desire to be there to pray prayers of hope and healing and comfort and care, that we would stop our day and look at the person face to face and say, you know what, I want you to know that God loves you. And I'm willing to begin to say, God, could I hear from you for my friend? And we begin to pray bold prayers of his kingdom here and now. Man. This is it. As followers of Jesus, we have no other option but to follow Jesus into the mission of Jesus. The reality of faith in Jesus is never meant to be for you personally, for your own self. You consume what you want, and you're done. That is not following Jesus to the fullest expression that Jesus would like you to follow him. And I just, want to, I just want to show you what I mean. Uh, I'm going to preach an entire sermon in like three minutes from Genesis to Revelation. Are you ready? 
Genesis is the first book of the Bible. If you're new to faith, Revelation is the last book of the Bible. And in this Bible, that is, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of pages. So check it out. This is why we do what we do, because we at the Vineyard are a kingdom people. We believe that God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are king, and we can come under the authority of God here and now. We can live in the rule and reign of God, and what God was doing at creation, and what God is doing when he comes again and restores all things to new that we get the fullness of heaven. Everything in between is the same God, the same heart, and the same work. So it says this in Genesis. You ready? In the beginning, God. Okay, so the reason we can live on mission and we can all be trained how to pray is because in the beginning, God. God has always been God has always been, and as he spoke things into creation, and as we get the creation story, we get this beautiful picture of a God who is doing all things good. And then we get disobedient, and then the Old Testament and the prophets are the work of God pursuing people, having to take what was really good and make it good again. And then we get Jesus, Christmas, woo! Okay, Jesus shows up, the incarnate one, God with us, Emmanuel, and he says, let me show you what I'm doing. I am coming to proclaim the kingdom, and you're going to see it in me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Good news, Jesus has come. But he wasn't done, because then we get the New Testament. That's the back half of the Bible, declaring what it looks like for the church to be full of the Holy Spirit. So in the beginning, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Old Testament, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus, woo! Then we get the Holy Spirit poured out on the church. I'm doing this work. You're invited in. You will continue the mission of Jesus. And then Revelation says this. Okay. Anybody ever heard of the book of Revelation? Anybody scared? <laughs> Don't be. Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. In the garden, God walked with Adam and Eve. The invitation of heaven is to be a people who will understand that God dwells with his people. And church, that is our mission here and now, today. That the city that we have been called to and the cities that we live in, when they see your life and they see your love and they hear your prayers, they would say, God dwells among his people. Because he's poured out the Holy Spirit into every believer and we can be a part of that mission. God is king and we are invited to live most fully and most freely when we're in step with what God is doing. This is good news. If that revelation thing was intriguing to you, hang with us through the spring because we're going to be preaching on that after Easter. If you've ever been curious about heaven and what God's doing, the kingdom of God, hang with us because we're going to be unfolding that over the next few weeks. I love what Ted said. He said, we will grow in hearing God when we start praying for other people. If you want to practice hearing God's voice in your own life, begin to sit with somebody in your life and go, I want to pray for you. Can I pray for you right now? 
See, joining the mission of Jesus is an invitation to join the redemptive story of God. Behold, I'm making all things new. The redemptive story of God is creation. It's all good. It's the, you know, second coming. I've made a new heaven and a new earth. No more tears, no more death, no more dying. It's all good. And we as followers of Jesus get to stand in the tension of that, what God has already done and what God is going to do, and we get to point to the future and say, God, would you do that here and now? Would you come and bring healing? Would you come and bring hope? Would you care for my friend who's hurting? Would you come and bring community where there's loneliness? But it's when we begin to receive the work of God in our own life and we look with hope to the future work, we can say, God, would you come do that now? I mean, just show of hands. In your life, have you ever prayed? I mean, look at the room, okay? Next show of hands. In your life, have you ever had somebody pray for you? Okay, show of hands. Any of you feel comfortable right now coming up on stage and praying for me on camera in front of everybody? You know, this is like, you're like, oh, I don't know. Like, this is the gap we want to close. Like, so many people pray, and so many people have been prayed for, and maybe you pray for someone, and somebody like tells you, like, man, my day is miserable, things are not going well, and you text them, I'm praying for you. This, the gap we're stepping over this month is to say, I'm praying for you, and I'm going to let you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. I'm going to let you read the text prayer that I'm going to text you because it scares me that I would have to say this out loud. Whatever the step is, we are going to get in on this. Here's the big thing I want you to know. The big thing I want you to know is this. There is zero pressure. Say zero pressure, zero pressure to produce an outcome. Here's what I realized the other day. I would love to see people who are hurting, people who are uh, experiencing brokenness and darkness and pain, I would love for them to be healed. Can I, anybody with me? Like, I would love that. You know what I know? I cannot heal them. I can't. I can't. And when we pray, it is not our job to, to produce something we cannot produce. And for the record, it is not your amount of faith that produces it either. It is the living God who is still alive, hence the living God, whose heart for you is no more death, no more tears, no more dying, no more destruction, because the kingdom of God is life and freedom and hope. And we pray prayers of hope and trust and confidence that there is a God who is writing a better story. We point and we let our heart open up to the people around us. This is what it looks like to be trained to pray. Man, have you ever heard a hard story from a friend? Okay, yeah, everybody raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We've all heard hard stories from a friend. And when we will move towards them, we don't need our friends to come to church because the hope of the living God in our lives is already moving right to them. You're already having the conversation. You collectively, as a community, will reach more people than I could ever reach with my own life. Period. That's the mission of God. That's the church of God. That is the way God decided to do it. For better or for worse, you can take that up with him. So I want to get, show you, this was on your seat if you're in the building today. This is a gift for you to take. How many of you like to have wonderful things cluttering up your refrigerator? We are adding to it. 
I want to call our entire church this month to pray for our church family and to pray for the city. Pray whatever you want to pray. Pray whatever you want to pray. And if you are not sure what to pray, turn it over to the back, and there are tools to equip you how to pray. See, the mission of Jesus continues in and through us today. When we see things that are not heavenly, we can be people of faith who say that is not the way that it's supposed to be. That is where prayer moves. Our prayer for our friends and for our family move in a catalytic way towards the things that go, that is not the heart of God. That is not what heaven will be like, and we're going to ask for heaven to come to earth. That's how Jesus teaches us to pray in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Let your kingdom come, let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, as it is in heaven. One of the things that I think we have to do is see Jesus clearly. We need to see Jesus clearly. And understand that following Jesus means joining Jesus on his mission. See, following Jesus includes our follow-through. Following Jesus includes our follow-through. If Jesus is leading you and you're not following, are you really following? Yeah, it's weird, right? Like, if I'm following Jesus, that means I actually need to follow Jesus. I'm not trying to be sarcastic or, or like, arrogant or pretentious or whatever it feels like. like I'm just trying to say, if we're going to follow Jesus, and Jesus is on a mission to redeem and restore all things, what is our mission? The same. The same. Jesus' call to his early disciples is the same call to us. Come follow me, and I will make you. I will make you. Zero pressure to produce, because the work of God in you is to make you more like Jesus, so that the normal, natural life you live is more like Jesus. That is the transforming love of God in his heart for you. This is incredible news. So listen to these uh, what it looks like to see Jesus. John 5, 19, I only do, this is Jesus talking, I only do what I see the Father doing. Jesus following the Father, us following Jesus. We are stepping four step what God is doing. Jesus said, I have come to proclaim the kingdom. That is why I was sent. Luke 4, 43. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these. John 14, 12. Matthew 28, and you will be my witnesses. Just let it be a good witness, guys. It's a good God. Our witness should be good. Acts 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. I think he means it. See, joining Jesus in this journey is that as we consider our faith journey, I believe we are being invited to join Jesus on mission. I want you to open to John 14. I'm going to expand on this text briefly. Do you see what I just did there? Expand briefly. <laughs> Only in pastoral world does that make sense. John 14, Jesus is talking to his followers. And there's this interesting interaction that I want to just give you some encouragement for, because you might be sitting here and going, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. You can. You mean I'm supposed to, like, pray for people? Yeah. What am I supposed to say? 
God's got you. I don't know. It'll be all right. Hey, just, just a side note. I don't have time to get in this day, but if you're concerned about not having the right words, just look at how Jesus prayed for people. Okay, I'm serious. Just go read the New Testament. This is like in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Jesus prayed these kind of prayers. Get up. See. Walk. He didn't use a lot of words, but cool stuff happened. John 14 starts off this way. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. A timely word for the church. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? There is still something to come. There's a work God is doing that is not yet fulfilled. That's the not yet part. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And then, like I would probably say today, one of his followers, Thomas, says, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Sometimes, even for the people who walked with Jesus, had confusion and were unsure. If you're feeling that today, you're in good company. No stress, no worry. Jesus continues to walk with them and teach them. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Guys, this whole journey of prayer ministry training and living on mission means we need to live our lives to and through Jesus. Spend time with him. Let God love on you and actually learn to hear his voice, and you can practice that in community. You're already doing a great job of that. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Another one of his followers, Philip, said, Lord, show us the way to the Father, and that will be enough for us. And Jesus is like, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you for such a time? So I just want you all to understand that in this text we're looking at in John 14, the followers of Jesus who were walking with Jesus still had a hard time. So if you're feeling discouraged on your journey, if you're like, man, I have a hard time knowing what God wants for me to do, I have a hard time understanding God being at work, it is okay. Move towards Jesus and move towards community like you're expressing today. And here's what I want us to press into. Verse 11. Jesus says, believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. That is the Holy Spirit. Guys, the whole purpose is not that we would do this on our strength, but we would invite the living God to fill us, the Holy Spirit, to empower us, to lead us and guide us, to inspire us, so that we can do the things that God has been doing all along. This is what it looks like to live life on mission. Life on mission. And I could keep trying to convince you. I could keep trying to say, well, read this verse, and read that verse, and read this verse, and read that verse, and this is what God does, and it's awesome. And what we all need is what the early church had, which is an encounter with the living God. I wore this shirt on purpose today. Because the whole, the whole, whole thing of living on mission with Jesus is that we live from the heart of Jesus, which is you are loved. This is not some, you know, cultural moment of just trying to be culturally relevant. This is the proclamation of God's kingdom and character for you and for our city. 
you are loved. Every prayer that we pray flows from the heart of a God who loves you and loves the person you're praying for and wants to relate to them out of transformational heart of loving kindness. The Old Testament declares the unfailing love of God. The New Testament declares the unfailing love of God. The heart of our church, the heart of God's kingdom is this, that Jesus proclaims the love of God and the Holy Spirit will fill us with the truth of God and the character of God so that we too can be a part of this ministry here and now for the sake of the city that needs us. You are loved. Prayer, here's the most important practical tip. As you pray for people this week, do you see that? Believing that it's going to happen, I believe you're already going to go do it. As you pray for people this week, prayer will flow from a heart of love for them. I'm going to give you a couple prayer tips from Pete Gregg. He wrote a book, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. That would be us. <laughs> Pete Gregg is the story, founder, founder of uh, the 24-7 prayer movement. His name has been in so many conversations I've been a part of. I sped read through some of his book. Here is his uh, most profound tips for us in how to be this kind of people. Are you ready? Get your pens. This is, you're going to write this down. Keep it simple. Keep it real. And keep it up. Keep it simple, keep it real, and keep it up. Jesus gave us one of the most compelling prayers that we could ever pray, and I think, if I remember right, it's like under 50 words. Keep it simple. Make it something you can do. Don't put religious pressure on yourself. Don't make it a religious thing. It is relationship. He so eloquently in his book says this, desire without discipline dissipates. It is relational. The love we have for God needs to have rhythms that we can execute on so that we can continue to cultivate it. Desire without discipline dissipates. So keep it simple. Jesus prayed simple prayers that were powerful. Keep it real. Jesus deals in reality. Don't pretend. Don't pretend. Just be real. This is where I'm at. This is what is real. This is where I need you to meet me. And if God is who God says he is, God's not surprised. But he loves when you begin to trust him with the honesty of your heart and mind for things. Just keep it real. Be honest. I'm going to be really clear. I think this is a very clear prophetic word for the church today. The communities that we are in need an authentic witness, not a fake one. And the only way we know how to live our lives honestly in front of people is when we realize we're loved in the presence of God with our lives honesty in front of the living God who could probably, like, torch me in a minute. I don't know. I don't think that's his heart. I don't know. That was maybe that was a bad example. See, off script, it's just... It's authentic. That was what was in my head. I'm just trying to practice an authentic witness in front of you. Keep it up. This is about a relationship. Love people well. Just, I'll keep praying for you. Here's the pressure we need to be freed from. If you pray for a miraculous prayer to be answered and it's not answered, if it was worth the first prayer, it's worth the next thousand. Because that person is worth it. 
And every time you keep praying and you keep it up, you speak value and blessing and you go, God loves you and we're going to keep asking for more of heaven. We're going to keep asking for more of heaven. But the kingdom of God stuff I talked about at the beginning is the tension of the now and the not yet. Yes, the Holy Spirit is now available to us and is at work and there are miraculous things that happen and heaven does come and break in on earth and not yet fully. How many of you think we're living in heaven? That's the tension of the now and not yet. How many of you had a prayer answered in your life? That's the tension of the now and the not yet. We kind of are in this tension of both, like God is doing amazing things, and it's not all heaven yet. This is how we relate to it. So this gives us a lot of faith to pray. We're going to pray boldly, God, I want you to make this person's life more like heaven. And if it doesn't happen right away, we're going to love and care and walk together and point to the second coming of Jesus. Because it's still on its way. So then you're free. Remember, zero pressure to produce the outcome. Just making sure you remembered that part. That was good. Here's my next tip. If you post about it, it deserves to receive prayer about it. If you post about it, make sure you are also praying about it. And I'm being completely serious. If you post about a delicious meal, you should be saying, thank you, God, that this is what I'm eating today. If you post about your political views, you should be praying, God, we need you to be gracious in this day and time. If you post about it, you better press in to pray about it. If you post about how horrible that neighbor is that you live next to, and you don't tag them, or you do tag them in the post, you better have the courage to go pray about it. Was that too, was that, did I get in everybody's business? If you're complaining posts on social media, pray for prayers of transformation that whatever the complaint is yielded will get changed to something good and beautiful. If you're, pray, if you're putting posts of concern, I'm worried about this, everything is on fire, there is fear, 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 pray for the perfect love of God to come cast out fear. If you post about it, be willing to pray about it. And that's what we're going to do now. I'm going to ask, can, can y'all do me a huge favor? Can y'all just cheer for our tech team? Because they have been phenomenal. They're doing a great job. Alin, <laughs> would, you, would you move the lighting to the next one up? I think it's like number like three, maybe, or four. Make it a little bit brighter in here. There's a prayer that we pray in the Oh, hey, you guys, look at y'all. Y'all look good, man. There's a prayer that we have prayed, that I've prayed growing up in church. I've grown up in the Vineyard Movement. We're a part of an association of churches that's over 500 in the U.S. And there's this really simple prayer, and it's this, Come, Holy Spirit. And when we, with great courage, pray this prayer, what we are praying is alignment with the work of God revealed in Acts. Wait, and I will pour out my Holy Spirit on you, and the Holy Spirit will fill you, and you will be my witnesses. What we continue to do is pray a prayer of dependence. God, we need you here now. We need you in the room. We need you speaking. Last Sunday night, we did an equip night where we were practicing as a community how to press into the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This is how to listen to God for one another. We had about 40 people in the room. And I had this incredible gift that occurred for me. 
I didn't have to have a single word from God for anybody in the room. Because there were 40 people in the room listening to God for one another. See, this whole thing that we are talking about is not about a staff position. It's not about a, that person's more spiritual, so that's who God deals with, but God doesn't deal with me because I don't have that kind of faith. That is a lie from the enemy. And what we are talking about is everybody is loved by God, and as you begin to engage relationship with God, God wants to speak to you. And so we're going to just ask God to speak. Because we need to connect to the heart of God if we're going to be our city's prayer ministry team. We need to have confidence that God shows up. And if God's not showing up here, we don't have a lot to take with us to go there, so I'm very, trust me guys, I, again, I cannot produce an outcome. But this is just joining in the way God just dials it up, dials it down. And so God, we just ask that you'd begin to come and speak to us. Our students are going to come join us, which is going to be wonderful to have them in the room. If you keep reading in the Gospel of John, John 15 says this, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. If this is new to you, if you're new to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, what I want you to know is this is the heart of God. This is walking in relationship with the living God and his promises. Like, this is a gift to you. And it's a gift that will lead you into truth and into relationship with God. And it is a gift that will empower our testimony. It's a good church word. It's actually a good word for witness, that you are actually being invited to know God and hear from God. Well, testify to people around you. And so, God, we just take a moment to just kind of silence ourselves in your presence, and we just say, come. God, we want to be a part of what you are doing. We believe that it is our call to follow you into the mission of loving people and blessing people. But we need your Holy Spirit filling us. We ask for your presence to come. We know that the only way we have any power or authority to offer any of our friends is to point them to you and to be people of your presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Would you come and just begin to speak to people, fill us up? God, we invite you to, to just move. Like, let us experience what it is that you want to do in our city. As I woke up this morning, I immediately had this picture, and I, I think it is partly because I ate at this restaurant last night, but I actually think it's a good, a good illustration of what God loves to do. Um, my family was at Gringo's. And there's this really cool gift that Gringo's gives every person who comes into that place. There's free ice cream. 
And if you want it, you can take it. You can choose chocolate, you can choose vanilla, or you can choose the only real option, twist. <laughs> and literally this morning as I was, I was waking up, I was coming into an awareness of like life awake instead of still asleep. <laughs> this was the first picture of my day. And I would just start here, if you want to be a part of this, if you want your life to be on mission with Jesus, I think he's saying, what kind of ice cream do you want? It's like that good. Like you just walk up and you're just like, yeah, I'll take that. You didn't produce anything. You didn't have to make it. You didn't have to put the ingredients in. You just have to decide, I think I want in on this. And that's who we're going to pray for first today. If you want in on this for our city and for people around you, I just think that's already the Holy Spirit like speaking to you and it's at work in you. And we're just going to ask you to stand. And then here's the trick of what I just did. We're going to ask everybody else to just be the first people to get to pray. Because we're going to ask God, to, we're going to ask to hear from God for those people who are standing. And, and you don't have to say anything. I'm going to pray, but we're going to practice, okay? So if you're in on this, if you go, I just would love to be a part of what God's doing in our city. This whole message, like here's, I'm going to describe it another way. This whole message, you go, yes, I'm in. I want you to stand. And if you're sitting, that, there's no bother in that. Don't stand up unless this applies to you. This is awesome. <laughs> So if you are sitting, I want you to join with me in just blessing what God's doing in people. And I, f I feel grateful that, that there's a room of people being able to, to discern and articulate through what God is speaking to you about. And the yes of your stand is simply that, that when we stand up tomorrow and you wake up, you just go, God, what kind of ice cream do you want to serve? because it's a gift, and it's sweet, and it's good, and it's the love of God. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would just begin to bless these people. Sometimes a posture of just receiving a gift, like this is God's gift to you and God's gift to our city. And so we say, Holy Spirit, would you bless this yes inside our community? Would you show them what it looks like to walk this out as they're talking to their friends, as they're sharing meals, as they're at work, as they're hanging out with their kids? We ask that you would do this, God. And we ask for a greater experience of the Holy Spirit that would lead them and guide them. They would know that you are advocating for them and for people all around them. You just say, more, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. So God, we, we just recognize that this is your heart for people. And I just pray that over the course of this month, you would draw us along, that you would just do more. And so whatever that deeper work is you have, this is a, this is a spark, this is a yes. Would you speak more clearly? One of our pastors, Ken, has a, has a, a word of encouragement or something that he wants to share. Yeah. To, to be a part of what God is doing actually requires generosity. I was telling the story of the, the fish and the loaves. What if the disciples hadn't distributed them? They'd just been standing and stinking about fish. Yeah. 
So again, it's an important amount from us for generosity. And I was reminded of how I wrestled with generosity. Yeah. Because I grew up in a situation where I didn't always have everything that I needed. And so I felt just now like the Lord wanted to, if that's you, if, if you wrestle with generosity, giving away what Jesus is giving to you, not just in a, in a material sense, but like in a Holy Spirit sense, can I pray for you? Yeah. And you don't have to raise your hand. You can just, yeah. if you want to, you can. If you want to turn your hands up, you can do that. But Lord Jesus, I just confess to you that sometimes generosity is really difficult. And we love your blessing. But it can be challenging to turn that blessing outward and give it away. And so, Father, would you touch our hearts now with a deep, deep spirit of generosity? Yes, God. Yeah. Would you open us up to how you want to flow through us? And for those that are, that that's them, Lord, I especially ask right now that your Holy Spirit would touch deep in their hearts that place and heal whatever wound came Mm. from maybe their past or from what's happened to them. Yeah. In Jesus' name. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to invite everybody to stand. We're going to pray over the whole room. If you were a part of the equip night and you'd be willing to pray for people, I want you to come just stand down the front. The other, the other thing that's just been on my heart for now, like quite some time, is that this work that God wants to do in our city is through our young people. It's through kids and through students on school campuses and among their peers and their friends. And so as we close our time today, we're going to pray for all the young people in the room. And that's anybody who is on a call. Like, if you're younger than me, (laughs) if you're in your 20s, teens and younger, we want to pray for you. And so, church, here's what I want to show you. We're modeling for, for our entire room through this what all of us can do. And so today we're modeling. Next week we're teaching and training some steps. We're going to actually train the whole room how to do it. We're going to do a second round of that, and then we're going to finish with a fourth in week four, a greater confidence of receiving the Holy Spirit's work in us, how we do this empowered. But if you are in your 20s, your teens and younger, we want to pray for you. And then if you want prayer from anybody, these are people that were trained and just felt like God didn't meet them in a meaningful way. We're going to invite you to come get prayer. So, uh, God, we bless every uh, younger person, the, the young adults in the room, the teens, the students, the kids, that you do not wait to work in and through them, that your Holy Spirit is just fully available for them as any adult. And so we, we actually just speak and bless the work of God in the next generation. And we believe that they are at the center of what you're doing, that they will be the leading edge of what you're doing, not in a time ahead, but in this time now. And so we pray you would teach us how to be a community that blesses your work in them, that hear the way you speak to them, that celebrate and come alongside and encourage them. And, and I just bless them that they, they are most poised to, know, to be the ones in the room who hear your voice. That there is a faith and and an adventure in them that is so important about this stage of life. We pray that it would flourish and that it wouldn't be uh, squelched or it wouldn't be dampened, but we would be a community that breathes on it, breathes life into it, and blesses it in the name of Jesus. And so, church family, we bless you to be people who receive from God the generosity of his love, that understand the call into the mission, and with great humility step out in faith and say, let your kingdom come. Send us into the city, God. Send us into our workplaces. Send us into our homes to be people who are contagious with an authentic witness that declares your goodness. We bless them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.